Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Good morning, Mount Calvary. Good morning. Let's give God praise this morning. He is worthy of the highest praise. I was teasing with Pastor. I said, whoo, I got to catch my breath. Running around this morning, then having the mask on, you like, whoo, Jesus. But it is a good day for us to be alive, for us to be in the house of the Lord. For those who are watching online, we say welcome this morning. Amen. Our call to worship this morning is going to be Psalm 148 out of the New Living Translation. So if we could stand honoring the word of God, if you're able to stand. And the word of the Lord reads, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the skies. Praise him, all angels. Praise him, all the armies of heaven. Praise him, sun, moon. Praise him, all you twinkling stars. Praise him, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. Let every created thing give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. It says, for he issued his command and they came into being. He set them in place forever and ever. His decree will never be revoked. Praise the Lord from the earth, you creatures of the ocean's depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, wind and weather that obey him, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all livestock, small scurrying animals and birds, kings of the earth and all people, rulers and judges of the earth, young men, young women, old men and children, let them all praise the name of the Lord. And get this, Mount Calvary. For his name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. He made his people strong, honoring his faithful ones. The people of Israel who are close to him Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise in this place today. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's approach the Lord. Our Father, we are grateful that you have called us here today to give you glory, to give you honor, to praise your holy and blessed name. Father, we thank you on this Sunday that everyone who is awake, who's listening right now, 
needs to give you a thank offering, a praise offering, because you got us up. God, on this Sunday, we are into the sixth month of 2022, and we need a grateful praise, oh God. We need to thank you that you've watched over us. We need to thank you that you called the animals and every, all of creation is glorifying you. And so we say thank you this morning. Father, touch everyone who will enter these doors today. Fill them with your holy presence. Father, we ask for fresh fire from heaven to fall on pastor today as he preaches the word. Father, in the name of Jesus, those who are sick, we speak healing into their bodies. Father, those who are depressed and discouraged, we ask that you would touch their minds right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we sing a song about uh, Old Bless America. But today, God, America needs to bless you for your goodness, for your greatness, for your graciousness towards us, your people. God, you could have came through, and in the blink of the eye, you could have wiped out humanity. But you said not so. And we thank you for that. Father, let us look like Jesus, not just in talk, God, but in the way we walk every single day. We give you praise today. Father, we thank you. Save those who need salvation today in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, we are opening up our hearts and minds to you as we worship you in the song, as we worship you in meditation. Speak to every born-again believer, Lord God, mm, in the name of Jesus. And all the people, all the people said, praise the Lord. Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's give God praise today. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Sister Christy was reading, and in that scripture, she says, it says, those who are close to the Lord. How many of you have a close relationship with the Lord? How many of you really know? I mean, I'm not just talking about know of him. I mean, how many of you really know, know the Lord? How many of you spend time with him daily, giving him thanks and giving him praise? So right now, why don't we just lift our hands and just give him some praise because he is worthy. Hallelujah. He is worthy. He's worthy. And we come to give him praise. Now, pastor said last week, you know, we're not up here to entertain or anything. This is a congregational time to give God praise and to worship him. So that requires everyone under the sound of my voice to, to join in. 
and sing praises unto him. Amen? Amen. Everyone. So let's again give God a good hand clap of praise for he's worthy. God is worthy. Hallelujah.
If you know there is no God like Jehovah, why don't you give him some kind of praise? What a mighty God we serve. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Blessed be God who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And he has seated us in those heavenly places right where those spiritual blessings are. You may be seated we are so grateful just to be together again today. Those who are here in the sanctuary, welcome to you. We're glad that you've chosen to worship with us in the building. We don't take it lightly. Uh, we are glad that you are here, uh, especially those who don't consider themselves necessarily a part of the Mount Calvary Nation. Uh, I'll ask you in just a minute to stand up if you feel comfortable doing so so that we can welcome you officially. But let me also welcome those who are joining us online this morning, our e-congregation. The majority of us are still online. We're grateful for the technology that allows us to be together virtually during this pandemic and grateful for the people behind the technology who make it possible every week for us to be together. Mount Calvary, look around, would you? If there is someone that you see that you don't recognize, they just may be a visitor. Would you make sure that they feel welcome? Come on, let's welcome them. Let's sing to them. We welcome you into Mount worshiping with us this morning. Would you all stand if you're able? God bless you. Good to have you here from all over the country. This is uh, Deacon Andy and Deaconess Vera Johnson's family. Uh, you see Sister Clarice and Dr. Johnson Hunt. Good to have you back with us. Welcome family. Welcome. And oh and Brother Michael back on the on the pew there welcome home sir good um geraldine smedley there you are um is a member or was a member over 40 years ago moved out to to california welcome back home welcome 
And who's that with you? That's your son. Good to have you both. Good to have you both. Let's see. Now, is this, did they call you Gene Smedley? Gotcha. Okay. All right. Because um, I didn't know who Geraldine Smedley was, but I've heard a lot about Gene Smedley from my parents. They've said nothing but good things since I was a boy. And that's, I've, I don't remember seeing your face, but I knew your name. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're back home. Welcome back. Welcome back. Good. Um, Mrs. Uh, Freeman, would you come now? Lady Chanel uh, wasn't able to be here this morning. She's in Columbus. But uh, Mrs. Freeman has an announcement on her behalf. Good morning, Mount Calvary family. My, okay, much better. My name is Kathy Freeman, and I am here on behalf of Lady C, who will be hosting the community-wide diaper drive, which is an outreach initiative with a focus on collecting diapers, baby wipes, and baby socks. The Marriage Small Group Ministry will be overseeing this task for her. We will begin collecting these items beginning Sunday, June 26th, which is two weeks from today. Receiving areas for these items will be established, and we will inform you accordingly at a later date. The topic of the Ohio Baptist General, Con General Convention, OBGC, which our pastor presides as current president, is Mother and Infant vitality. So let's support Lady C with this outreach initiative by coming forward with a bang. Thank you. Thank you so much. Each year uh, with the Ohio Baptist General Convention, the uh, the First Lady of the Convention has an initiative that uh, that the women's ministry takes a hold of, um, and so across the state of Ohio, um, we are going to be collecting diapers and wipes and uh, and necessities for babies and their mothers, uh, and certainly Mount Calvary. I'd like for you to lead the way as the First Lady's Church. All right, thank you so much. Um, marriage small group will take a hold of the reins of that and we'll start bringing on the 26th of June would you keep uh, brother Percy Williams in your prayers his aunt passed uh, Pearly Doucette in Buffalo thank you in Buffalo New York um, he'll be headed that way towards the end of the week um, also would you keep in your prayers, Brother Larry Jackson and his family? Um, his sister passed uh, this past week. Um, also, keep in your prayers, Sister Eunice Andrews. Uh, she went to the ER this week, but she is home, and the family is just asking that we would keep her 
in our prayers. Uh, also, Joe and Rita Martin, their great-grandson, OJ, uh, he had an accident this week uh, and had to have surgery. Uh, he is in ICU at Cincinnati Children's, and uh, I would that, that you would certainly keep uh, OJ and, uh, and that entire family in your prayers, would you? Um, also remember Deacon Simpson. He is in the Miami Valley Hospital, I found, I found out yesterday. Uh, keep Deacon Simpson in your prayers as well. And then uh, we, we certainly thank God for answered prayer. Brother Rick Moyer, uh, who was having some uh, issues with the kidney that he had received. Uh, he is home from the hospital now, praise God. And just uh, just keep him in your prayers. Listen, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything we can ask or think. That's what the word says, and that's what we believe. Uh, we did get a card of thanks, dear Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church. Thank you for your for the gifts after I was baptized. I really appreciate it, and thank you so much. And this comes from young Ronald White. There is a Dayton area HBCU send-off that's coming up on June 26th from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock p.m. It's sponsored by uh, the Dayton alums of uh, 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 United Negro College Fund. And um, what the, the goal is to send students off with what they need for their dorms. Um, you can... Uh, give money you can donate at Dayton HBCU sendoff at gmail.com. I'll say that again Dayton HBCU sendoff at gmail.com. Um, they are trying to provide laptops, book scholarships, um, rooms, dorm room size refrigerators, microwaves, um, I believe laundry detergent. All the, all the kind of things that, uh, that young kids need when they're going off to school. Uh, we have two HBCUs right here in our backyard. Uh, of course, Central State University, of which many of you are graduates, and uh, Wilberforce University, the oldest uh, historically black college in the country, right here in our backyard. We want to help our kids get to and through school, all right? Uh, so if you would, let's see. Um, is Miss Kalila here? Miss KK? She is not. All right. We will figure out how, uh, how we will make it easy for you to donate, whether it's items or money, um, so that we can participate on June 26th with the HBCU send-off. If you are a student headed to an HBCU, you are welcome uh, from 1 to 4 on June 26th at the Hope Center campus that's on Harvard Boulevard. That's where they're going to be giving everything away. That's where they're going to be distributing things. June 26th, 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock p.m. if you are going to an HBCU. Not just the ones here in our area, but any of the 107, I think it is, HBCUs that are across the country. All right? We are going to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 is where we're going. Um, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I almost forgot. 
Raylan White, where are you, Raylan White? She's at home. Okay. Gotcha. Yes, ma'am. Um, so can I wait until she's here? I want everybody to see her. All right. Good. I'm going to give this back to you, and everybody sees it so they know that it didn't get lost on my desk. <laughs> All right. Good. We are going to Matthew chapter 14. The choir is going to come and lead us further in worship. We invite you to sing along with us while we are minister of music less. I am, uh, I'm filling in the gap. And as long as I'm doing that, we'll have the pew choir. All right. So as soon as you've got it, then you just stand up and join us singing. Would you do that? Wait. I said, would you do that? Thank you. Greatness of the Lord.
Matthew 14. While I'm thinking about it, we do have a member and her family who have to be out of their house by the end of the month. Um, if you have a rental property or you know of, uh, of someone who is trying to rent out a property, they're looking for three bedrooms, um, either a house or an apartment, would you please call the office and let us know so that we can get you connected? You all know that I believe the word of God, period. And uh, in Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, I know everybody was uh, celebrating tongues last week, and I know that uh, everybody was celebrating Holy Ghost and fire, but one of the things that we overlook on Acts chapter, uh, on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, not only did the Holy Ghost fall, not only did they speak in tongues, but they had everything in common, right? So that nobody had a need that went unmet. Where somebody had lack, somebody had more than enough, right? That's why people who had stuff brought, sold it and brought the proceeds so that nobody in the congregation, none of the people gathered, had a need that went unmet. And I believe that if we have a family that needs a three-bedroom house or an apartment, we also have a family or at least the connections with a three-bedroom house or an apartment. Say amen, somebody. I believe God. That's, that's what Holy Spirit looks like, all right? So just let us know, and we'll celebrate together. Matthew chapter 14, starting at verse 22. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Holy Scriptures. Here's how, here's how it reads. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Verse 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost they said and cried out in fear but immediately Jesus said to them take courage it is I don't be afraid Lord if it's you Peter replied tell me to come to you on the water come he said then Peter got down out of the boat walked on the water and came toward Jesus but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Verses 22 through 32 of Matthew chapter 14, you may be seated. I want to preach today from this subject, walking on troubled water 
part two. Walking on troubled water, part two. Um, I hear you. You're thinking, when was part one? <laughs> well, it was several years ago. I have been looking at this passage that I preached a long time ago. And there is something that I noticed in this passage this time that, that begs for us to go back and do a part two. It is a very familiar passage of scripture. Most of the people in this room have heard this story. John tells it, Mark tells it, and Matthew, they all tell this story. Jesus has just finished feeding a hungry multitude of about 5,000 men and their families. And he fed them with two fish and five loaves of bread. And he is going to send the people away himself. And so he constrains, that is, he makes the disciples get into the ship and go on out to sea. And in the meantime, he goes off to pray. After, according to John, after the people try to force him to be their king. So Jesus is off by himself. The disciples find themselves in the midst of the sea, only there out of obedience to Jesus. They find themselves in the middle of the sea with wind beating against the boat, with the waves crashing, and the only reason they're out there in the first place is because Jesus told them to be. Have you ever been there? When you find yourself in the middle of a storm and you look up and wonder, what am I doing here? I didn't ask for this trip. The only reason I'm out here at sea anyway is because Jesus made me come. And now there's a storm brewing. The ship, the place where Jesus told them to be, the place he made them go in the first place, that ship is being tossed about because there's a strong wind. And now the Bible says it's the fourth watch of the night, the darkest part of the night. But there is some good news in this. When Mark tells the story, he says that Jesus sees the trouble that they're having. He sees them trying to row in the midst of a storm. Isn't that good to know? That when you're out there, you're not out there by yourself. Isn't it good to know that Jesus sees the storm I'm in? Jesus sees the mess I'm in. He knows, he knows I'm just trying to keep this ship on course. And he comes walking out to them on the troubled, wavy water. Jesus uses the very thing that is causing them trouble to get to them. Isn't that like Jesus? To use the storm to get to us. May I ask you a question? What was the last storm you were in? 
Isn't it something? How Jesus will use the very circumstance, that very storm, that very trial, he will use that to show us himself. The psalmist had it right. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now the fact that Jesus walks on the water, that's miraculous. It's worthy of our attention. It should be impossible for this man, Jesus, to walk on the water. Right? Water has a surface tension of one. It, is, it has one of the, the strongest surface tensions of any liquid, but it cannot hold a human being. And when he stepped onto it, he should have broken the surface of the liquid. He should have began to sink immediately. The gravitational force pulling him down was greater than the buoyant force holding him up. This is a miracle that Jesus is walking to them on the water. But there is another miracle. Not only does Jesus walk on the water, but there is one who's brave enough, who's curious enough, who says, if Jesus can walk on this troubled water, so can I. Y'all know him. His name is Peter, this disciple. And we need to learn something from Brother Peter today because many of us in this room are finding ourselves in troubled water. The troubled water of an uncertain future. The troubled water of a job that you hate but you know the Lord gave you. The troubled water of a rocky marriage, but you know the Lord put you together. The troubled water of sickness in your body, and you know the Lord is your healer. The troubled water of being stuck in a dead-end situation, but I've come to tell you this morning that you can put all of that under your feet. I want to preach for just a little while walking on troubled water part two. Even though Peter didn't stay on top of the water for long, there are some lessons about walking on water that we can learn from him. Let me just remind you of what they are. Number one, if you're going to walk on troubled water You've got to learn how to recognize the master in the storm. You're going to have to learn how to recognize the master in the storm. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him, they were troubled. That word troubled, it means agitated. There was an inward commotion. They were perplexed in their minds. It took away their calmness of mind. When they saw him, they were anxious and they were distressed, so much so that they cried out for fear, dread, terror. Wait a minute, Reverend. I thought only a look at Jesus would make everything all right, right? Yeah, didn't you just tell us last week uh, to keep our eyes on Jesus? Well, the issue is, if you don't know what you're looking at, it won't help much. When the disciples saw them, saw him, it didn't bring them peace. It didn't stop the storm. It didn't 
uh, it didn't get them out of the sea. They looked at him and they were troubled. They were scared and they started yelling. But in verse 27, something wonderful happens. Matthew, when he's telling the story, he uses a word, a word that we are very familiar with, one of my favorite words, a familiar disjunctive, uh, distinctive conjunction. You know that little three-letter word, it is but. But, that little word that cancels out all the stuff that came before it. They were troubled, but straightway Jesus. They were agitated, but straightway Jesus. They were dealing with inward commotion, but Jesus. They were perplexed in their minds, but Jesus. They were anxious, but Jesus. They were distressed, but straightway Jesus spake. They saw him and they were afraid, but he spoke. Somebody shout, when Jesus speaks. There is something about when the Lord speaks. Y'all remember the royal official John chapter 4, his son had died. He came to Cana to get Jesus and to beg him to heal him. And Jesus didn't go anywhere. He did not go to the royal official's uh, house. He just spoke and said, your son lives. And the boy lived. Y'all remember Jesus was preaching in a synagogue in Capernaum. A man who had been possessed by a demon began shouting at Jesus. And Jesus spoke and said, be quiet and come out of him. The young man was delivered instantly. Y'all remember we just looked at it a couple weeks ago. Jesus traveled to the town of Nain with his disciples and a large crowd of followers. And as they approached the town gate, they, they were stopped by a funeral procession. It was a widow who had lost her son. And Jesus saw her and had compassion on her and stopped the funeral. And do you know what he did? He spoke and said, young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother. All I'm trying to get you to see is that something happens when Jesus speaks. They saw Jesus and they were afraid. But when they heard him, they recognized him. It makes sense then. My sheep hear my voice and follow. It makes sense then. We walk by faith and not by it makes sense. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. He reveals himself to his disciples. And he reveals himself to us now. By his word. That's why we cannot neglect Bible study. That's why we can't neglect church school or Sabbath school. That's why we cannot neglect the word of God. We need his word. If we're going to be able to walk on troubled water, we've got to learn how to recognize the master in the storm. And the only way to recognize the master in the storm is by his word. Not only this, but if we're going to put what's troubling us under our feet, then at some point we're going to have to do this. Number two, relocate your position. Relocate your position. In other words, can I give it to you in Sam Winston translation? Get out of the boat. 
there is this one Peter who says, Lord, if it's really you, bid me come out to you on the water. I see you, but I can't trust my sight. But I trust the voice I hear. If it's really you, then command me. Speak one more time. I can't trust what I see because the winds are blowing. The, the waves are beating. The rain is falling. I can't trust what I see. But if I can just hear you, <laughs> bid me, command me one more time. Most of us, upon recognizing Jesus, would have done something a little different than Peter did. I can't speak for you. But if it were me, when I recognized his voice, I would have invited him into the boat. Jesus, I'm so glad to see you. Come on in. Because with you and this boat, I can survive the storm. I just said a mouthful. That's because most of us have the Jesus and syndrome. Jesus, I'm glad you're out here. We really need you and we really need this boat. Jesus, we trust you and our savings. We trust you and folk. But the truth is, our only need is him. If all the money leaves, if all the folks leave, long as I got King Jesus, truth is he can handle the sea. Peter recognized something that we need to, and that is I'd rather be in the middle of the storm in the sea with Jesus than in the safety of this boat without him. May I ask you another question? What is your safe place today? What is keeping you from walking on top of your troubled water? What is keeping you from relocating your position? You're still in that job because you think it's safe. Somebody shout, get out of the boat. You're still in that relationship because you think it's safe get out of the boat you're still trying to make this or that work because that's what you know but it's time to get out of the boat you still won't join a ministry to this day because you were hurt in your last ministry get out of the boat you still won't get to know anybody you don't fellowship with any of the saints because at your last church the saints hurt you so now you're just going to come to church, get the word, and go home. Don't talk to me. Don't sit too close to me. Don't ask me anything. Don't look at me. <laughs> get out of the boat. You can walk on the water if you'll get out of the boat. You can tread on anything that's troubling you if you'll get out of the boat. 
you can join in what Jesus is doing but not until you get out of the listen we can pay for the whole BJW center if we'll get out of the boat we can take this block this neighborhood we can take this city for Jesus Christ if we'll get out of the boat Jesus doesn't do anything but utters one word he says come What makes this part two? Because the last time that we looked at this several years ago, probably before many of you were members, we, we had the first two points, recognize the master, relocate your position. But then the third point was put your faith to work. And as I'm studying this scripture again, that didn't quite set right with me. Put your faith to work. Give your faith a job, right? And then we, we talk about how powerful faith is and how Peter's faith is so strong and responsible for him walking on the water. But as I'm reading, as, as I'm studying it didn't quite set right because today's lesson is not supposed to be about Peter's faith. It's not about Peter's faith and let me tell you why. There are two reasons and they are both in the text. It's not about Peter's faith, number one, because Jesus said you had too little of it. Because you know what happens, right? Peter gets down out of the boat. He gets on the water and then he sees that the storm doesn't stop just because he had enough faith to get out of the boat and he starts to sink. And Jesus does not commend Peter's faith at all. He says, you only have a little of it. And that is mixed with doubt. And saints of God, we do people a disservice by making them think that their faith is going to get them out of... Okay, okay let me tell you something. I'm going to get in trouble. And I, I, oh, I, um, I hope that I don't get in too much... I know you're a theologian, Dr. Johnson Hunt, and I pray that I don't get in too much trouble when I say this. But let me, let me just say... Peter's faith didn't stop the storm. Peter's faith didn't change the characteristic of water. Because <laughs> really, it's not about Peter's faith or even walking on water. Because it wasn't like Peter did it anymore. Right? This wasn't to teach Peter how to walk on water. He wasn't going around like a sideshow walking on water for people. This, my brothers and sisters, part two is really a lesson about surviving the storm. 
It's really a lesson about surviving the storm. And so if you will allow me uh, here at the end of the sermon, and we are at the end, I just want to change the sermon title. I know it's not orthodox. I know it's not what is normally done. But if y'all would allow me to change the sermon title from walking on troubled water. Let me preach to you for the rest of this sermon on surviving the storm. Would you look at somebody through your mask and tell them he's talking about surviving the storm? Uh-huh. Same points. If you want to survive the storm, first of all, you got to recognize the master in the storm makes sense doesn't it second of all if you want to survive the storm you got to relocate your position in the storm but then there is just one more if you want to survive the storm you must rely on the savior in the storm did you hear what I said I didn't say you have to rely on the faith <laughs> In 2022, what we do is teach people how to have faith in their faith. Maybe I'm the only person in here. Maybe I'm the only person who is in the e-congregation who has the problem that sometimes your faith fails. Reverend, you can't say that. You're the pastor. That's right. I'm the very human pastor. And there are times when even I feel like my faith should be strong, but there is some doubt mixed in there. There are times when I feel like I should know better, when I know the word and I stand on the word and I can believe for you. But then when it comes to me, there are times when I can't have faith in my faith. But I can tell you, there is somebody who has never failed. He relies on the Savior when his faith wasn't enough to keep him afloat. When Peter gets down out of the ship, in the natural, he's walking on the water, but spiritually, he's walking on the word. It's not the water he trusts. It's the word of his Savior. The foundation of our faith must be the word of God. Y'all know what the Bible says. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The reason that we believe anything is because the word of God is true. We don't rely on our faith. We don't rely on ourselves. We rely on the Savior. So I start this conversation with God why isn't this about walking on the water and my family laughs at me when I tell them about my conversations with God and I tell them that he talks back he says Sam I say yes Lord 
He said, Sam. I said, yes, Lord. He said, Sam. I said, yes, Lord, I'm listening. He said, water was never meant to be walked on. Father, I can't tell those people that. I'm supposed to tell them that if they have enough faith, they can go home right now, fill the bathtub with water. At least I tell you to do it in private, right? <laughs> Practice first. And hop on there and see what happens. But the truth is, water was not designed to be walked on. And so Peter walking on the water in this instance is not to teach us how to be water walkers. <laughs> it's to teach us how to be storm survivors. Because what happens is, he walks on the water, the storm keeps raging, he gets his eyes off of Jesus starts looking at the storm begins to sink but has presence of mind enough to reach out and say Lord save me he put his eyes back on Jesus he refocused the winds were still too much for him. The water, it was still too much for him. The waves, they were too much for him. But he remembered that he had somebody that the winds were not too much for. The waves were not too much for him. The water was not too much for him. And so he said, Lord, save me. Can I help you to be free today? Because you have felt bad because you're a Christian and you are a saint and you are saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost and you thought that that meant you were supposed to be able to handle the wind and you were supposed to be able to handle the water and you were supposed to be able to handle the waves and you have felt like less than because you found out that the wind was still too much and the water was still too much and the waves were still too much. I come to set you free today you don't have to be ashamed because the wind is still too much because the water is still too much because the waves are still too much you are not designed to walk on the water but thank God you've got somebody in you and the winds are not too much for him and the waves are not too much for him and the water is not too much for him And so what you need to do is to refocus. Look at somebody and tell them, refocus. Refocus, refocus, refocus. If, if Peter had been in 2022 in the neo-Pentecostal charismatic Baptist movement that we are, then Peter would have turned 
to the winds and start rebuking them. If he had been in the church of today, he would have turned to the waves and start rebuking them. If he had been in the church of today, he would have gotten out his oil and started sprinkling it on the water. But do you know what Peter did? He ignored the storm and he focused on Jesus. Can I tell you what our problem is? We're too focused on the storm. We've been rebuking the winds. We've been rebuking the waves. We've been rebuking the water. When water's just doing what water do. When wind just doing what wind does. When waves just doing what waves do. We've been looking too hard at the storm. But Peter said, Lord, save me. He didn't focus on the storm. He focused on Jesus. I don't have a problem with the songwriter who wrote it. I told the storm to pass. Storm, you can't last. That's fine for them. But as for me, I'm not wasting my time speaking to the storm when I can talk to the one who made the storm. I don't have to waste my time speaking to the storm when I've got the God of the storm. I don't have to waste my time rebuking the wind when I've got the God from whose nostrils the winds flow. I don't have to waste my time talking to the waves when I've got the one who put hydrogen and oxygen together and made water in the first place. All I'm trying to tell you is quit looking at your storm and start looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him. Yo. This is about surviving the storm. I've got, I've got more pages of notes, so maybe in another 10 years we'll have part three. <laughs> this is about surviving the storm. Um, and I, I, hope, I hope it doesn't sound like a cop-out. I mean, if Jesus wants me to walk on water, I can. Right? I, just don't want, I just don't want us to get caught up and start thinking that we're less than and start questioning who we are in Christ because we're not walking on water. When God made water like it is, surface tension of one strongest, one of the strongest liquids that there is. Right? That's why when you fill up a with water, you can fill it a little past the rim. Have you ever noticed that? because the surface tension of water is such that it won't break immediately. And so the top of your glass of water won't be flat. It'll be a little curved to it. 
one of the strongest liquids that there is. That's why little bugs can skate across water. But us with our heavy selves. <laughs> gravity is still gravity. And the force of gravity is greater than the surface tension of the water. And when we step on it, more than likely. <laughs> right, I studied. Make y'all think I'm a scientist. More than likely, we're going through it. But what happens when in life you have the faith to get out of the boat and the storm still doesn't stop? And you start to sink. There's only one way to survive. You got to call on Jesus. Do you get it? Then let the church say amen. Minister Christie is going to come and offer Christ to you because the truth of the matter is if you don't know Jesus Christ, you are sinking. And there's only one way out of it. Here's what the hymnologist said. I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore very deeply stained within I was sinking to rise no more but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters he lifted me now safe am I is that anybody's testimony love lifted me let's put our hands together for Jesus hallelujah 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 That's that, that, that pastor was the right now word for all of us here today not that we can walk on water because some of us used to believe that to the storms the life started raging and then the older you get the storm ain't cease but Jesus is still right there with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you're here today and you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm not talking about just joining the church and, yeah, I shook the pastor's hand. I'm talking about you believing and knowing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And you want to invite him into your life. If there's one here today in the congregation, if there's one watching, if you want to invite Jesus, we ask you to come and get to know the Savior. Amen. Because the storms of life are going to rage. You know, I came to Mount Calvary as a young person. And the storms are still raging. But Jesus, mm, he is my anchor. 
He is my go-to. So the storms really don't trouble me no more. But I know that he's with me. He's with us. So if there's one today that you want to know him, I invite you to come. There's one watching online. If you type in the chat, your name, your telephone number, someone, Sister Kim, they will get back with you. Is there one today? Everybody in here is saved. I didn't hear an amen. I would have put my hands up. Yes. Is everybody in here? This is a real question. This is where it gets real deep. Because we can sit there and put on faces. Is everybody in Mount Calvary here today? Is everybody saved? You know where you're going to spend eternity? There ain't no second guessing. Well, I guess I'm going to have. You better know. Everybody know that they saved. They born again. They feel. And Jesus is their anchor. Amen. So let the church say amen. Let's put our hands together for that message today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you would like to give today, there are three ways that you, we invite you to give. There's the Givelify app where you can download and follow the instructions. You can also give by cash app, which is dollar symbol M-T-C-A-L-M-B-C. And then you can give text to give, which is 855-908-0710. And also, the deacons will be here in the parking lot until 1230. Amen. Let's put our hands together. That, that, ooh, thank you, Jesus. Mm, that is a good word. And so, let us stand for our benediction. And then after this, we'll be seated and we'll be led by the ushers. And if all minds and hearts are clear, because you know what this week, Mount Calvary, and what I've noticed, hallelujah, every time pastor gives the word to us, that word manifests in our lives. Amen? So maybe you're not going through a storm. Maybe everything is peaches and cream and strawberry shortcake. God bless you. Hallelujah. But for the rest of us, where the word going to touch us this week, and there may be a storm in our household, we got to remember, don't worry about rebuking the winds and the waves. Save your breath. Amen. Just do like Peter did and, and ask Jesus, can you come to him while the storm is raging? Cry out to the Lord this week. Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you for that word today. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that though the storms of life will rage, Brother Bill Means sang it best. Our soul is anchored in you. We're not going to bend. We're not going to bow. We're just going to keep our eyes on you. Mm. 
And we're going to recognize your voice when you tell us, come closer. Father, I pray for everyone, those who are watching online and those who are here in the congregation, that when the storms begin to rage, we can say, just like you did, Jesus, peace, be still. Because we've got the Prince of Peace reigning on the inside of our lives. Father, your word says, now unto him who is able to keep us from falling. That means we got to put our whole trust in you. And so we say thank you. Father, we ask that you feel pastor afresh and touch his family today, Lord God. Touch all the families represented here today. Touch those who will have to have traveling grace and mercy back home. And Father, we'll be careful to give you glory, to give you honor, and to give you praise because you are with us in the midst of the storm. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. 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 Have a seat. The ushers will dismiss us by sections. And those who are watching online, Mountain Media will have a video following in just a second. God bless everyone this week. Peace to every household. Thank you for your continued generosity. Your financial contributions help to transform lives, to reveal the glory of God's kingdom. For your convenience, you can use the Giveify app on your smartphone, the Cash app, or if you're in the Dayton, Ohio area, you may drop off your contribution at the Mount Calvary Church at the address shown. Thank you for worshiping virtually with us today. We look forward to being able to worship together in person soon. Until then, in the words of Pastor Sam, just live.